Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our next guest is a folk hero himself to sports fans. He writes on iconic subjects. And yes, he's got another one. Our guest, Jeff Perlman, has a new book called The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. Here he is, uh, the myth, the legend, Jeff Perlman. What's up, Jeff? The dashingly handsome man. You forgot to you forgot to throw that in there. I'll make an edit. You know, this is a podcast. Yeah. I could always like insert it in there for you. What's up? How how are you, Jeff? I'm well, thank you. I'm okay. glad you wrote this book because uh, people want to know what's up with Bo Jackson. This is a guy that we really don't see much of here in the last twenty years. Yeah, Bo Jackson has vanished. He, you know, he's just not a uh, he's not a hang in the spotlight guy. He was a uh, you know he was a Sort of, I played. I did what I wanted to do. I had a great career, and then off into the abyss, which kind of adds to his mystique, and I kind of appreciate actually. And I heard that Bo Jackson would not participate in writing this book, and I guess it's nothing personal. It's, it sounds like Bo just doesn't talk to anyone. Is is that true? Uh, that is true. We, I mean, I'm sure he speaks to his wife and kids, but we, uh, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, I spoke on the phone with him for about a half hour. He was really cool, but he basically said to me, you know, I, I just don't really. I'm not that interested in talking. I have no problem with you writing a book, but I'm it's not my thing. So I um I just dug deep, 720 interviews and 10,000 articles probably, and I got lucky because Bo wrote a book in 1990 called Bo Knows Bo with Dick Schaap. And before Dick Schaap passed away, he donated all his notes, audio recordings, everything from those sessions to the Auburn Library, and I was able to acquire those. So that was a big boom for me. How hard was that to get your hands on those, or was it pretty easy? Once I found out about it, it was easy. Auburn was great. They said, well, happy, we'll send it to you to send us money for the you know, copying fees and all that. And I was like, great, I'm in. The new book is called The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. Our guest, the author, uh, Jeff Perlman. I, I noticed the as I Googled Bo Jackson, I just saw the top five questions that people are typically typing in. And sometimes uh, this can be a little risky depending on whose name you type in. I figure oh. you know a lot about Bo. Uh, let's get the answer uh, right from the guy that's been researching it. So the first question is, what is Bo Jackson most known for? In your opinion, what is he most known for? Being an all-star in baseball and a, uh, and a pro bowler in football. The two sports star thing by far, easily. And is Bo Jackson the most athletic person ever? Yes, 100%. He ran a 41340 at 225 pounds. Won two back-to-back state decathlon championships at, um, at Bessemer High School. Won the Heisman Trophy. Was the number uh, second round pick of the Yankees coming out of high school, and then the number one over pick in the N- overall NFL pick in the NFL draft by the Bucks in '86. So, uh, yeah, no question about it. No question about it. Truly, these are the top five most googled questions about Bo Jackson. Our guest just wrote a book about him. The next question is: How did Bo Jackson change sports? Oh, good question. Uh, I would say marketing-wise, more than anything, I would say the Bo Nose campaign sort of redefined the way athletes are marketed and it became more about the athlete than the product itself. So the Bo Jackson ad, Bo knows, it was really about the, the athlete attaching himself to the shoe, not the shoe being the star of the ad. And that's a big change in marketing. All right, here's one. Uh, what ended Bo Jackson's career? I mean, I, I'm familiar, but uh, you tell the story. 91 playoff game, Raiders, uh, Bengals, 
running down the sideline. A Bengals linebacker named Kevin Walker grabs him from behind by his leg. Bo's momentum takes him forward. His hip comes out of the socket. He suffers from something called a vascular necrosis, which is a deadening of a body part. And um, the next day, he's getting a scan, and the doctor points to this black, and he says, you see that, all that black? That's your blood. Mm. And uh, it, um, he was never the same. He needed a hip replacement. He played two major league seasons in artificial hip, but he was never the same. And the fifth question that America seems to want to know when they Google Bo Jackson is, uh, why did Bo not get into the Hall of Fame? His stats weren't good enough. He didn't play long enough. Needed the longevity for sure. You know, I started thinking more about Bo Jackson here recently thanks to Deion Sanders, to be honest with you, because he got the Jackson State gig. He seems to be doing a great job marketing that program and the HBCUs. And then coming up like I did in the 80s and 90s, it was like those were the two guys. Though, And, and Deion, of course, in the record books for being the only player to play in a World Series and in a Super Bowl. He did win the Super Bowl. But was, he an, was Deion an all-star athlete, in your opinion, in baseball? I guess he never made an all-star team. No. He was a talent beyond belief and super fast and dynamic to watch. But no, he was just a solid kind of fourth outfielder in baseball. And do you think that uh, that Bo sees Dion and do you think that he's envious at all? Like, because if you look at the athlete, Bo's the better athlete, but it seems like Dion may be cashing in on the brand a little better. But, you know, Prime lo- loves Prime. You know that. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, I mean, when they when he was playing, Sure, there was a there was a rivalry when he was when they were playing, but now they're actually friends. Both appeared on his podcast. He's a, you know they've gone together. So I would say zero. You know, time heals all. Time heals all. Athletes become much nicer after they save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We are talking to the sports book slayer. This is a nine times New York Times bestselling author we have here on the podcast. I want you to confirm that because I just read it on the Internet. Is that true? In the stat book, nine times bestseller. Uh, technically, no. So I've written 10 books. Seven have made the New York Times list. What they do is sometimes they phrase it as New York Times bestselling. The New York Times bestselling author of 10 books. And that is a little misleading because it sounds like I've written 10 New York Times bestsellers. I'm a New York Times bestseller of 10 books, but seven have made the list, not nine. Yeah. We're talking sports, Jeff, so I just want to get the statistics right. So I feel like we've cleared. I guess. A, a lot of things up. I got to talk, though, about the hit series that came out early this year. I loved it. I watched Winning Time. I felt like everybody loved it, except for uh, the people's that lives were being played out in in the actual show. Your thoughts uh, on how it came out when it, I know you, it was your book. They used some things from it to make the actual show, but were you, were you happy with the way Winning Time came out? I mean, let me put it this way. You're me. They say we want to try to make an HBO series out of your book. We're going to make Adam McKay in charge of it. We're going to pay you for every episode. Uh, it's going to reignite interest in your uh, in your book. Sounds great. Going to be in it. Sounds pretty great. And I love the show. And the show is great. So everything was awesome. It worked out great. But when you hear a guy like Jerry West say, I'm going to quote him, the series made us all look like cartoon characters. They belittled something good. If I have to, I'll take this all the way to the Supreme Court. 
when you saw that quote or heard that quote, what was your feelings about that? My feeling was, wow, more people are going to pay attention to the show and probably buy <laughs> my book. He's not going to the Supreme Court over a stupid depiction on a TV show. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. I get it. I get being upset. I get how you feel, but I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. So it, was, it made me laugh, to be honest. And how much of the movie is Hollywood and how much of it is factual, in your opinion, do you think? Uh, 50-50. 50-50. About. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm totally happy with that. I swear to God. It's not a documentary. That's the thing. I always tell people it's not a documentary. And cast so well. John C. Riley is amazing. And Quincy Isaiah coming out party playing magic. And I, I thought Adrian Brody did a fantastic job playing Pat Riley. I, I loved it. Yeah, I agree with you. Jeff Perlman, our guest. Make sure you get his new book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of uh, Bo Jackson. You've written so many great books. And the one team that I love, even though I'm a Cubs fan, I found myself loving the 86 Mets. And you wrote a book called The Bad Guys Won. And I've obviously heard the stories about Doc Gooden and the Coke and missing the parade. That You told the story of the scum bunch on, on the plane back from St. Louis. But were the Mets really the, the bad guys or were they just misguided, you think? Uh, I would say neither. I would say they were actually really fun, young they were bad guys in the context of they wore the black hats in baseball that year, and they liked to fight, and they liked to go out and drink. And obviously, drugs were a thing, not just with the Mets at that point, but a lot of teams in baseball. Um, cocky and arrogant and brash and all that stuff. But they were also really good. I mean, they won 108 games. They won the World Series. They took your, they either broke your heart if you were an Astros fan or a Red Sox fan, or they, you know, just stole your heart if you were a Mets fan. So. They weren't bad. They were just rambunctious. <laughs> Another book I'd like to bring up, uh, I'm business partners with uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, you're actually on one of his properties uh, right now. I haven't read Three Ring Circus, but I did order it. So it's it's on the way in. Thank you. Um, but, of course, I've heard the stories, you know, Shaq and Kobe going at it all the time in practice. And, I mean, it got really dirty when Kobe got in trouble. And then he says, oh, I'm not just do like Shaq and pay the women off. I mean, it got real nasty. I could see why you titled it Three Ring Circus. How, how, did you get any uh, uh, pushback on, on that book when you put it out? You know, I actually really didn't. I, it came out, I finished it before Kobe's passing. And then I was kind of nervous, definitely, when it was going to come out because he had died. And, you know, obviously, I live out here in Southern California. His death was just absolutely crushing for this entire sort of region. I've never seen anything like it, actually. Um and I thought, well, how are people going to respond to a book that's not incredibly kind to Kobe? Um, and the truth of the matter is, what I learned is, I'm a transplant here, is that people knew. Like, people knew he was a pain in the butt when he was young and that he was cocky and arrogant and refused to listen and didn't want to be, he didn't want to be Batman to Shaq Superman. You know, he thought he was Superman. So maybe I would have taken more grief for it if people weren't already aware of that. But there was young Kobe and there was older Kobe and young Kobe was difficult and older Kobe was gracious. And I, I, I just sort of, I was relieved that people could separate the two and see that this book was just about one limited period of his life. And if you talk to Shaq now about it, he'll tell you he, he wanted to always be a Laker. Unfortunately, you know, that, that didn't end up working out in the end, but he was able to snag one up uh, when he went to Miami. And one thing Shaq always tells me is that uh, him and Kobe best one, two punch ever in sports history. Would you agree with that as far as duos on the floor? I mean, if we're talking sports history, <laughs> there's a long history. I mean, Ru Ruth Gehrig might have a word to say about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but 
you know, sure, you could make the case. I mean, NBA-wise, you could certainly make the case. I mean, I don't know. You know, Jordan Pippen, were they better than Jordan Pippen? I don't know. They were, they were dynamic. They came along at the right time. They were in L.A. where everything was blown up and hyped up. And um, what I really think is cool is somehow, despite all their differences in all areas, age, background, et cetera, et cetera, they were just so ridiculously good, and they were really complementary of each other as players. So even if they didn't get along that great, even if they weren't buddy-buddies, they weren't going fishing together, on the court, it really did work. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. The talent was so otherworldly. Speaking of circus, uh, you know, the three-ring circus, I highly recommend you go out and get that book and Jeff's new book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. But we have a circus right now going on in the NBA uh, with Kyrie Irving and him tweeting an Amazon documentary. Uh, now the league is uh, being very defensive and they have this list of demands. Where, where do you stand on, on this issue? And do you think Amazon should be held accountable if, in fact, it's so anti-Semitic, this particular documentary? Um, well, it's funny because I am a, uh, I'm a Jewish New Yorker and I did grow up a Nets fan. Um, number one, I think Kyrie's an idiot. Like, I actually think he's an idiot. I don't, want, I don't know how you feel about the, this kind of genre of people, but my least favorite person at the earth as a journalist is the idiot who thinks he's smart and wise. Like, I'm aware of my own intellectual limitations. And I feel like Kyrie Irving is one of those people who thinks he's a genius and everything he puts out there is really deep and detailed and Look, I'm challenging the system, and the truth of the matter is, no, you're you're actually just dumb. you're just dumb, and you think you're smart, but you're not smart, but you're too dumb to realize you're not smart. Um, so, I, you know, I find that frustrating. I don't think he's Kanye West. Like, I think Kanye West is actually smart and just awful, and I think Kyrie Irving is dumb and awful. There's a difference. Um, as for Amazon, obviously, I mean, they were unaware of something they had, they were selling that they should have been peddling. Um, that's sort of the byproduct of selling eight gazillion items, movies, et cetera. Sometimes things slip through and you're unaware of the trash you're peddling. So of course they're, they're responsible. Like it's a company and they should be responsible for that. But, um, I just find Kyrie, I mean, there's a reason everywhere he goes, people get tired of him. He's just a moron. It's ironic that you use the term idiot because Shaquille said the same thing on NBA on TNT, followed by Charles Barkley saying just about the same thing. Although, Shaq did follow it up with saying he just doesn't like anything that players do that's going to divide people. He's not a big fan of dividing our society. But what's happened in the uh, uh, a portion of the black community, they are now saying that he's, you know, buck dancing and all these different terms that he's bowing to the uh, the white man and and he he's he's uh, according to some African Americans losing his street cred, if you will. And I just kind of feel for Shaq because I know where he's coming from. He just doesn't want to deal with things that are dividing people. Uh, but the clip that they keep playing is him saying, Kyrie's an idiot. So it's unfortunate. I, um, you know, the problem with social media now is we hear from every single person and every voice and voices are amplified, but they probably shouldn't be. Um, you know, speaking as a Jewish kid who grew up in a non-Jewish area, 
people always think, people just tend to think, oh, Jews, they just blend in. And obviously, it's probably easier in this country being Jewish than just being African-American. But, um, you know, just growing up as a kid who used to have, like, pennies thrown at us and the cheap Jew and, um, you know, oh, do you have horns? I'm not even exaggerating this. Oh, do you have horns on your head? Oh, let's throw down a dollar and see if you'll pick that up. Oh, have a $2. You know, like, we grow up with this crap. And my parents used to always say, there will be an African-American president and a woman president where there's a Jewish president because we've been, we've, you hear the words, shyster, you know, uh, shifty, you can't trust them on and on and on. And these stereotypes are just being, you know, amplified by these people. And to me, it was refreshing to hear people like, like Shaq, like Charles Barkley. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Speak up on behalf of Jews because, uh, we're about 1.2 percent of America, and um, if we're if we if there's a, a global cabal led by the Jews to take over this country, someone left me out of it because I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I I'm walking my dog and picking up his poop as we speak. So I don't know. No one Man, gave me the memo. You're you're gonna, you're gonna have to get uh, connected with the Illuminati somehow, some way. Exactly. Jeff. Our our guest here, uh, Jeff Perlman. Make sure you go pick up his latest uh, piece of art. It is the Last Folk Hero: The Life and Myth of Joe uh, Bo Jackson. And finally, I just kind of want to wrap up with I started thinking about athletes that have played two sports simultaneously. Obviously, Dion comes to my mind. And then I think of uh, Tim Tebow, who didn't actually make it to the bigs, but he was pretty good at football, I thought, uh, winning a couple national championships and a Heisman. And then I thought he did decent with the Mets. Uh, and then also, I know Kyler Murray is kind of a two-way athlete, Russell Wilson. And am I leaving anyone out? Is Bo Jackson at the very top of that pyramid? Well, Jim Thorpe, Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders are probably the Holy Trinity. Uh, Brian Jordan did it with the Braves and Falcons and Cardinals, and he was uh, he was a very good player. DJ Dozier, a running back. I actually think the guy, weirdly, who doesn't get enough respect is Michael Jordan. Um, That's right. Who famously played baseball. And the reason I think he gets, he gets a little shafted on this one is uh, he hit 202 with Double A Birmingham back when he played with the White Sox organization. And there was the infamous Sports Illustrated cover bag at Michael that he was embarrassing himself. And what I always thought was missed is he hadn't played baseball since high school. He was six foot six, so he had this enormous strike zone. He hit two oh two in double A. And double A is high level baseball. Like if you gave me five hundred double A at bats right now, I'd probably hit point zero zero one. Maybe I'd accidentally make contact and the pitcher would trip trying to get the ball. Like that was an achievement. And I always thought people dogging that really missed the point. Our guest, Jeff Perlman, go pick up his new book, The Last Folk Hero, The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson. And then lastly, do you have a name or a concept? I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but maybe we could get a sneak peek as into what is in Jeff Perlman's mind for his next chapter or his next book. I'm going to write a book about Kyrie Irving performing brisses and bar mitzvahs <laughs> and uh, call it the, the, the ninth miracle of Hanukkah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm still. Uh, you haven't gotten that. Far. I have ideas, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not there yet. I'm actually taking a nap, a All life right. nap. All right, man. We'll get some Z's, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. I'll be looking forward to reading the new book, uh, "The Last Folk Hero: The Life and Myth of Bo Jackson." Our guest, 
Jeff Perlman, thank you so much for your time, my brother. All right, thanks for having me. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.